Hello, this is Dr. Christopher Shade, and today we'll be mapping metal toxicity on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I invite Dr. Christopher Shade back to the mic. Christopher Shade, PhD, founder and CEO of Quicksilver Scientific, continues to be the driving force of development and innovation. Dr. Shade's vast depth and breadth of knowledge, passion for healing, and intuitive understanding of chemistry and biology are reflected in Quicksilver Scientific's unique supplement delivery systems, which you can learn more about on his previous guest appearance on the podcast. That's episode number 288, where Dr. Shade maps liposomal nutrients. But I wanted to have Dr. Shade back on the podcast because he's also a recognized expert on mercury and affordable detoxification solutions. And I know these are topics that hold a lot of inquiry. So let's go ahead and dive in and harness Dr. Shade's expertise. Dr. Shade, welcome back to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm so glad to spend some more time with you. Oh, hello, Andrea. I'm happy to be here, too. I love these little short clips that sum everything up. I know. It's so good. It's so good. And it reminds us as practitioners not to forget this and that and the other thing and not get so focused on one thing when the whole body is impacted. <laughs> yes. So we're talking about a complex one today. It's metal toxicity. And I'm wondering if we can start at a more global level and just talk about what metal toxicity is and which metals in particular tend to become toxic in the body. Yeah. So metal toxicity is when the load of metals that are in your body exceeds your body's ability to detoxify them, which is to fight against their toxic aspects. And so, you know, this is one of the old myths is that you have no defense against metals, but in your cells, in your systems, your liver, your kidney, your GI, and like I said, every cell, you have a defense system against that. And that defense system is very dynamic. It goes up and it goes down. And when the load of the metal coming in exceeds the ability of the body's defenses to, you know, push it away. And that's really it. It's pushing it out of the cells all the time. Then it gets in and it starts affecting enzyme systems, membrane systems, transporters, it starts doing all of its toxic things. And when you look at the functional matrix, it has a lot of abilities to affect mind, spirit, emotion, hormones, neurotransmitters, oxidative stress. It is the environmental input, the immune and inflammatory balance. All those can be dysregulated by metals. 
I really like that you pointed out it's when it exceeds the body's defense and that that defense is always changing. Are there particular reasons that we can point to why the defense is changing? Is it overloading because of environmental factors, because of physiological factors, external, internal? What's happening that gets us to that place of overwhelm? It's really easy. There are two main things that are throwing it down. Inflammation directly turns down detoxification because inflammation is a pro-oxidant activity aimed at killing some invader in you, and it uses pro-oxidants to do that. Detoxification is an antioxidant activity. And so when you turn up inflammation, you downregulate detoxification. And so yeah, we talk about inflammation all the time, but what are your main inputs for driving inflammation? Well, really, endotoxin is the biggest acute driver, and endotoxin or lipopolysaccharides we're getting from leaky gut, and we're getting from periodontitis. Those are the biggest sources of also urinary tract infections. So when they get into the system, they're little pieces of bacteria, and they're inflammagens. Your body thinks there's infection there, so it drives up inflammation. And when it does that, it drives down detoxification. Now, the other thing is at an autonomic level, how are we prioritizing? And there you have sympathetic or fight or flight and parasympathetic, rest, digest, repair, regenerate, detoxify. So if you're stuck in sympathetic overdrive, you're constantly deprioritizing the use of your energy into detoxification. And unfortunately, the toxins also kind of shift you into uh, that sympathetic overdrive. So those are the main things that are driving you. Malnutrition can do that, not getting enough protein. You might see that in vegans, but that's not a huge thing in the world these days. What about the SNPs? Because that's such a focus people have now with detoxification. Are there particular SNPs related to, when they're expressed, related to metal toxicities? Yeah. And so first to remember, SNPs are just taking you from like, oh, I'm 100% functional to I'm a little bit less. And even then, we can drive them up and we can drive them down. The SNPs would be SNPs around the glutathione system, so glutathione synthesis, glutathione S-transferase, the transporters, the MRPs and the OATPs that move these things out. Metallothionine is one that's significantly been shown to allow more cognitive effect of metals than when you don't have those SNPs. And more work is being done now to sort of figure all that stuff out, what's really relevant and what's not, but those are the main ones there. It's interesting how things have changed during the lifespan of my clinical career, where people used to look at metals in one way, and then it kind of shifted. Are you able to speak to some of the ways we used to test for metals, how you recommend we test for metals, and maybe that change in thinking? Yeah, you know, we kind of drew up a mythology around the idea of the challenge test, that metals are all hidden in your cells and they're never expressed, they're never in the urine, they're never in the blood until you challenge them and force them out with these chelators. So the challenge test was to take a chelator like DMSA or DMPS or EDTA that would solubilize, well, that's really what it did, is it took the metals out of the blood proteins that they were bound to and made them kidney filtrable, soluble, so they go out through the kidney. So you take this and there would be a big flush of metals through the urine. Now, 
the story was that they were all bound in the tissues and these chelators went into all the tissues and took a representative sampling of the metals in your body and pushed them out through the urine and this reflected your body burden. In the end, when you look at all the data that was generated, what you did is you took the amount that was already in the blood and lymph and made it more able to go through the urine. And see, at the time, our analytical technology for looking at metals in blood and urine was not very good. So you tended to not see anything, even though there was this picture that was evolving day after day. And it took the signal that was there and multiplied it by 10 or 100 fold. And then it was easier to read. And so this mythology that there's none in the urine and then we chelate it and then it comes out, it was all kind of made up but it was really because of the analytical technology that we had at the time. Now, unfortunately, when you take all those chelators, you're stirring the big pot, moving the metals all around. And I know because I just debilitated myself doing that. All I wanted to do at the beginning was to measure the stuff that came out in the urine and separate the two different forms. And I'm like, this is a bad way to go. And so now with our technologies, we do not need to do the challenge test anymore. We can use these high-end technologies and measure what ambient levels are in the blood, hair, and urine. So blood, hair, and urine. And again, what metals are we looking at? We're looking at mercury. What else are we testing for? Mercury, cadmium, arsenic, and lead are your majors. There's a couple others that show up sometimes. Antimony, manganese, and copper are really big because those are essential elements in the right range, and you can be very deficient in them, but you can be excess in them. And manganese goes into a lot of uh, neurological problems. In fact, welders get a lot of Parkinson's disease type symptoms from manganese and copper when it's in excess. And when it's high and your zinc is low, exacerbates all your other metal toxicities and creates a lot of neurological issues on its own. So uh, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, lead, then your nutritionals when they go too high, copper and manganese, and then occasionally you're going to see antimony or chromium, which is a good thing, can also be too high and can be a problem too. So when we think about addressing metal toxicity, and I know you have some protocols in place, I'm wondering globally, again, if you can talk to us about what we do with the body. I mean, it's all the work. It's all the functional work that we have to do in addition to other things. But I'm wondering if you've seen some cases or some case studies where there's been the best effects, where there is gut healing. There, What are we thinking about in general before we go into the specifics of the protocol. All right. So what do we need to do? Very rarely are we super acutely exposed to things. These things are building over time. We're chronically building up this big load because we are chronically inflamed or chronically unsympathetic, right? And so that's down-regulating our glutathione system and the associated detox systems with it. So to fix that, we want to turn up how much detoxification we're doing at a cell level. We're pushing it out of the cell, going to the blood, pulling it into the liver, dumping it into the bile, going through the GI, or from the blood into the kidney, out into the urine. So we want to turn up this detoxification system at a cell level. We want to facilitate it at a liver level, a kidney level, and a GI level, right? So we want to turn that flow up, everything moving out. 
But then remember, a lot of this is sympathetic and neurotransmitter based. And we're, so we got to learn to calm ourselves down. You know, one of the crutches for that that we use is a liposomal GABA or a CBD. And we learned in the autism world that we couldn't get anything done until we calmed the system. As long as there's neuroinflammation, you can't let all that go. So in your lifestyle management, you have to create space for calm, for breathing, mindfulness, meditation, you have to settle that down. In the GI system, that's driving a lot of the inflammation. If you can't calm the inflammation, and CBD can help you create a little anti-inflammatory window and anti-neuroinflammatory window, but really we want to go in and we want to heal the gut. So we want to look at what foods are we hyper-reacting to? What are we not doing for our gut? How do we, you know, seal the linings? Are we using bone broths or herbals and probiotics and the right food choices to go in and repair that at the same time? And then I tell you what, when the system goes all haywire, when you're reacting to everything, the best thing that you can do is nothing. Yes. Fasting. <laughs> Fasting clears everything. Right. So detoxification associated with fasting, at least intermittent fasting, focusing on a good GI, getting mindfulness, getting calming. And you can use your crutches too at the same time, like the CBD, but that's where you really move the wheel. And when we learn to couple, it's a huge part, detox has to be coupled to bioflow. All the toxins, when they leave your liver, they leave on bile transporters and down through the bile tree. So when we learn to couple detoxification to bioflow and binders and have the both neuro anti-inflammatory and systemic anti-inflammatory of CBD going in there at the same time, we're able to achieve really great results. But then when you put in all those lifestyle factors too, that's when you really move the needle. Love it. So let's talk about some of those protocols. And I just want to say, we don't talk about bile enough. We need to talk about bile more. Oh, totally need to. I mean, that was like, <laughs> that was such a turning point for us when we figured out that whole bile story, when I was trying to look like, how do the toxins move? And, you know, in the cell, they're conjugated to something like glutathione. Then they're transported out of the cell. They don't diffuse, they're transported. And then the liver transports them in, and then it transports them out into the bile. And once you get that going, you figure everything out. Because here's the deal. If the liver can't dump into the bile and it starts accumulating all these toxins, it has to save itself and it dumps everything back into the blood. There is a transporter that goes back into the blood. So when the inflammation builds up in the liver, it dumps everything back into the blood. Where does it go then? It goes to the kidneys and you get lower back pain and you get damage to the kidneys. It goes to the brain and you get more brain fog and anxiety and neuroinflammation. It goes to any place that's inflamed and accumulates there and exacerbates problems you already have. That's the traditional stirring of the pot. So once you couple detoxification to bioflow and then have binders in the GI so you don't reabsorb them, you've just set yourself up for success. I just have to say, this is what I love about the work that we as functional nutrition counselors do, because our job is to get the body to function, to help the body function. <laughs> and all these protocols go on top of that. But if the body isn't functional, if the organs aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing through dietary change, lifestyle change, the meditation, all of it, then we put these protocols on and we just stir that pot and go back to what you said originally about exceeding the body's defense because 
because the body's already on defense. And so what you're saying is just making me appreciate all the coupling, including the coupling that functional medicine docs need to do with a functional nutrition counselor who can understand how to help that body move toward that state of functional. Absolutely. So detox. I know you are moving into these detox protocols that are helping to exert this gentle detoxification that isn't like the chelation you were mentioning earlier that can be so dangerous for body systems. Tell us a little bit about those protocols. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing is, they may be more gentle on the system, but they're really powerful. And you're able to really move things really quickly. In fact, you know, in some studies that were done by Cheng Ruan in Texas at the Texas Lifestyle Medicine Institute, he was able to reverse fatty liver in one to two months using these detox protocols because they overlap NRF2, which is your major switch for turning up all the genes for detoxification, all the glutathione and metallothionine genes, they overlap that and AMPK, which is the cardiometabolic activator that we get when we fast. So we're using nutraceuticals that hit on both of these. So at a cell level, we have to turn up the genes that are responsible for processing the toxin, the phase one and phase two genes, and the phase three genes, which then move the processed toxin out of the cell into the blood. So we're using things like quercetin, luteolin, lipoic acid, silymarin, and dimdionylmethane. People think about it for estrogen, but it's a really big one for turning up NRF2. So we're turning up NRF2 to process and push toxins out of the cells. And then at a liver level, to grab them and process them further and dump them into the bile. So those were nutraceutical compounds. And then we're using whole plant extracts that are traditional cholagogues to couple that to bile flow. So gentian, dandelion root, myrrh, the Ayurvedic that's always used in female health formulas in Ayurveda to clear stagnant blood out of the uterus. It's great for clearing stagnant bile out of the liver. So we're using all that you know, to get the bioflow going along with the NRF2 upregulation. And when we're doing metals, we're always bringing in glutathione as liposomal glutathione at the same time. If we're working on lead or cadmium, we're going to bring liposomal EDTA in. So all these things you take at once. And again, if there's inflammation or anxiety, you're going to put your CBD in. So you put all these liposomes in at once. They peak in the blood in anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, and they activate this whole cascade. They start dumping things out with the bile. So a half hour after you take all that liposome stack, you come in with your binders. And we use something called Ultra Binder that we made that's a combination of charcoals, zeolites, Kytazan, which is a, it's a biotoxin binder, it's kind of like Wellcall, and IMD, intestinal metal detox, which is proprietary to us, is a specific metal binding particle. All these are particles that don't get absorbed. They just grab everything that comes out with the bile and make sure you don't reabsorb it. So we're going to do this kind of process, you know, twice a day, sometimes three times a day. We're going to start low and titrate up to higher doses as the body gets used to dumping this stuff all out. And the other thing is we're going to pulse these. We'll do five days of stimulating this flow and two days off. Or we do 10 days of stimulating and four days off to let the body settle down. And how long is that going on for? 
anywhere from one month to six months. And it depends, you know, what you're working on. If you're working on, you know, just general toxicity, one month is great. A lot of the organic things, the gasolines and stuff and the Roundup, they move out pretty fast. Metals, you can only access so much of them at once. They have to redistribute from deeper inner pools to where they can start moving out. And they take a couple of months. You know, for metals, I say a, a minimum of three months, and it can be even more. It depends how aggressively you can titrate up. Right. I was going to say, based on where the person is at their starting point and how quickly they can go, I imagine. Exactly. People will always ask, you know, if there's gallbladder issues, if there's bioflow issues, those people have to move a little slower. What if I don't have a gallbladder? No problem. That's not going to stop this flow of metals. But the reason you don't have a gallbladder is probably because you had sluggish bile to begin with. And so you might have to move a little bit slower up the titration chain. Any other contraindications we should be thinking about if we're engaging in this type of protocol? Well, yeah. yeah. Now, there's always got to be some level of inflammation involved in this. When you look at the symptoms that you have, you've got the two sides of the symptomology for metal are energy and psycho-emotional. And in energy, this is mitochondrial dysfunction. It's thyroid dysfunction. These metals block T4 to T3 conversion. It's adrenal dysfunction. So the energy generation and the inflammation control is down and the neurotransmitters are wired up. Anxiety and depression are big. Volatility, unstable mood, paranoia. But all those are similar symptom profiles to something like a chronic infection. So if there is a chronic infection or chronic endotoxemia, you have to be looking at that. And especially if it's a blood-borne infection, you want to get ahead of that before you start moving the metals out because they're going to block you from making progress. Now, one of the beauties of these, the way these liposomal systems and these balanced protocols work is you can be doing both at the same time. You might be using artemisinin or, or berberine or some of the stronger antimicrobials or pharmaceutical antimicrobials to bring back, you know, like a Lyme infection. That's why in the Lyme community, they see they got to do detox and they have to do antimicrobial stuff at the same time. So you got to know a little bit of what the origin story is. For sure. Absolutely. Got to do that intake and timeline and really understand who we're working with. Dr. Shade, last question for you. Is there anything else that you didn't speak into that you see us getting wrong in how we are addressing metal toxicity in our client and patient populations? You know, not knowing what processes all coupled together was the biggest problem. And thinking that the system's downregulation is just because of the metal when the downregulation may have attracted the metal. So getting all these systems lined up all at once. And even when you do that, you can then start putting something like DMPS in. And also understanding that autonomic part of it and how that works and how fasting works into it. You know, once we got that whole systemic thing, then you know your tools, then you're making good decisions. You know, we used to just hit it over the head with a hammer of a chelator, and that's where we ran into the problems. Yeah, makes so much sense. Thank you so much for your sharing your brilliance and for all the work you do. It's such a joy to speak with you, Dr. Shade. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's been great.
The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our full body systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.